welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and today is March 8th, episode 29. This is the show where we talk about what's been going on in the week of our Street Fighter. And I, last week I was very excited, and this week I'm kind of more excited, but in like a weird, bittersweet way. So last week we announced uh, the player sponsorship of Chris CCH, uh, and within... 24 I, I want to say, like within 24 hours but not even that within 12 hours but not even that like it was within like four hours the thing got funded like immediately which is awesome it's great that it was funded like that is i'm so happy that we're able to meet those goals and send that kid out to make some waves at ncr that's fantastic love it and i love that i don't have to worry about will we get the funding because we already got it the issue is, how do I then spin up the hype machine for something that I didn't expect to have to spin up for the next sponsorship, which is to Combo Breaker? I mean, that's much further away. Like, I don't have it's that's out in May, but at the same time, I need to get I, I we like we need to get players. Like, I thought I would have at least a month before I had to start thinking about getting a name. Or getting a list of names, setting up a vote, uh, setting up, you know, how much it's going to cost for that. I thought I had time, but it turns out I had a weekend. So, <laughs> like, that's awesome that we were able to sponsor Chris CCH. I'm ecstatic. But also, the wind was taken from my sails when I realized I realized how much work was ahead of me, like this entire week in terms of sponsorships. Uh, so I've been having fun with that and thinking about what players that we should send a lot of people have said uh names like tourniquet uh names like west coast please sheldon's name came up uh player i'm a big fan of uh among all, there's a whole list of names uh, that that have come up and you can vote oh no you can't vote yet uh, you can at least offer up what names i think in a week or so or when we start see that's the thing i don't want to wait until this current drive is over because I still want to raise more funds for this current drive that we have open before I open up another one for Combo Breaker. See, that's the position that I'm in. I'm just talking to you out loud, the listener, of the battle I'm doing in my mind of when and how to create hype the best? Question mark. Anyway, I don't know. And we're going to find out together, folks, because it's awesome that we get to send Chris CCH out. We might even be sending him to Combo Breaker. He like his name's on that list, so that's that's potential. That could happen again. We'll see if he does well. If people's minds change, I don't know. I don't know yet. I hope he does well. Um, anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm in scramble mode. Uh, my <laughs> my brains have been scramby eggs for this past weekend and the start of this week. So I've, I've been very happy about that though. It's like a good place, but again, bittersweet because it's like, I got to spin up the hype machine again. I just got finished spinning up the hype machine. I got to, I got to start a second hype generator. There was too much hype for the Chris ECH. It overloaded the system. I got to start up the grid. I got to go into the Raptor's nest and start that cage. Uh, Jurassic park fans will know. Anyway, Let's get into the actual show. I've got stuff to talk about, and I'm all out of anecdotes. So let's start with stuff that has been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter. Hopefully I clicked the right one, and okay, great. <laughs> all right, so Dogger had a wedding uh, this past weekend, and it looked like the perfect FGC wedding uh, in that all of everyone's favorite players were there. Uh, Fudo was dressed... Uh, like like you would dress a young boy on his first communion uh and it was very adorable uh daigo had a t-shirt on <laughs> that had his own brand on it which like i know that's how the dude dresses but like to a wedding just and i know that this isn't the first wedding that he showed up in a t-shirt to which it just makes me smile uh, and there was there was a stream during the wedding. Uh, Dogger's stream. It was on <laughs> Taiko the Beast TV, uh, of course, branded. Uh, <laughs> that really does make me laugh. Uh, and there were exhibition matches. There was like charity drive for the for the wedding. It's it was real cool to 
kind of keep tabs on that and watch some of those matches. Uh, all that stuff is archived on on that Twitch channel and very fun to watch. Uh, so maybe go congratulate Dogarill on on <laughs> on his uh, his uh, journey into holy matrimony. Should be fun. Fudo does look very adorable. I showed that picture to my wife, and her heart melted. She just wanted to pinch his, pinch his cheeks. He's such a cute little boy. He's such a cute little boy. No, Fudo's dope. I, I just, but he's a dope player and a cool person. Anyway, so go off to <laughs> go off and congratulate Dogger, I suppose. Find that man on Twitter, whatever you got to do. Uh, or maybe a... I wonder if the charity drive is still open. I didn't check before the start of this recording, uh, and that's something that I should have done, but that's bad prep on my part, folks, so I apologize. Anyway, next next business. Speaking of Daigo, Kimono Michi, these trailers have been fire. Real talk, these have been some of the most like hype-producing trailers for any event. That's the thing. There's only three three sets that are really going to be played in the Kimono Michi. Uh, and it j there's just this long, what is it? Three minute, tra this is the second over three minute trailer for one match of <laughs> Daiko versus Tokido. And I'm super excited for it. Like the way that they pitch it, they do player interviews, uh, get their opinions on how they think it's going to work out. We're talking top players, the, the 2D gods. Uh, it's, oh man. I I can't I can't picture anyone who has like any cultural touchstone with the the thumb on the pulse of the FGC watching this trailer and going no that doesn't excite me very much no this gets you super excited and is it's fun to see uh, Japanese players get their I guess get their name out get their words out and express like how they are as players out because that's actually something that uh, has been at least hard to hard to get a hold of in in america is that american uh american players american viewers of of the fgc don't necessarily have the same cultural touchstones uh that japanese players would have to these or japanese viewers would have to these players they don't speak the language they don't see them out as often but you watch these guys say these words and you go oh okay these are that's who these players are these are the opinions they have of of each other and this is how much actual fun they're having because like back in the day it's just like that's a strong player don't know much about him but this is this is just a really uh, watching all these series of videos has got me excited about like this is this is what real FGC looks like and it's good to get this out in the open and be excited about it and hopefully you guys are excited about it uh, because that's coming up uh, this Saturday actually uh, for those of you who are listening um or for those who are listening in the future, looking back on this episode, uh, March 10th. So that's that's coming up. I'm going to cut a block out of my weekend to watch that because this has been hyped up pretty high. I'm pretty excited for it. Well, all right, speaking of Daigo and excitement and watching cool stuff, how about this name that popped up over the weekend of specialty matches, the Kimono Michi. We talk about E-League. That's right. So E-League happened. And you're saying, well, that was a Street Fighter thing, right? That was that's not a Street Fighter thing, Joe. That that's a that was a Tekken thing. What are you going on about? And I say that because the way that the FGC has been communicating recently, it's been a lot a lot of stuff on Twitter. You check a Twitter feed, you have a list of people that you follow where you get your FGC news. And that's fine. And I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch E League. I was like, okay, I, I don't have the time to cut out for it. I can't be there when it happens. But I'll catch what happens on on the bad website that we call Twitter, on the bad bad website, uh, where most you know social interactions happen, on the bad site. Uh, and all I saw was this Richard Lewis character. Why is he with E League? And I'm like, all right, well, like, what happened with Ely? Was there any cool stuff? And it's just like, this bad man did a bad... And he didn't do it. Like, that's the thing. That's the craziest thing to me, is the man didn't do anything bad that I can, like, look up, f like, during the E-League, during the cool thing that happened in the FGC, during the cool thing that I should have seen highlights from and seen, like, some dope-ass shit, because guess what? 
there was some dope ass shit what happened on e-league tekken's a fun game to watch like even the crazier thing is that if you just search, like I, I i did this if you do like a cursory search for e-league tekken comeback even because there's a dope comeback i'm not going to get into it get the details on the show but like if you just do that search there's not a result for you to watch what the thing that you watched and this dude's name comes up and it's like okay i don't i don't necessarily care about this dude's history and, and what he's what his past is and he may or may not have said bad things i tried to look into it it's actually kind of hard to find like the actual factual evidence i don't know i don't know i'm not a shit talker i don't really care i guess i just don't care i don't care about the man i don't care about that drama i care about the cool stuff because when you signal boost stuff like that, when you say, okay, here's a bad man that does the bad thing, or might have done the bad thing, or maybe he has a bad opinion on the thing that I you should hate because of your predisposed uh, political affiliations, whatever, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. When you signal to boost that stuff, it takes so much away from the great things of the FGC that are happening because there is so much great stuff happening in the FGC. There are so many smaller players in the FGC that need more of a signal boost. There's so many cool things happening. Like E-League itself, the fact that that's an event, what's on the TV, is like, it's fucking incredible, right? Like, to think that that's where we are right now, this is a good timeline that we're in, and it may or may not have affiliations with people who may or may not have said bad things. I don't give a fuck about that. I just like the cool stuff that's happening, and it's great to signal boost that stuff because that shows people who are super unaffiliated, people who have no idea what the FGC is truly like. All they see is that garbage talk about things that you would never hear. Like, I, this would never cross the front page of our Street Fighter. Like ever for any reason uh, but then it just this bullshit comes up and it's just man it's just tiring it makes i can understand why so many people are so jaded about that's the craziest thing right we have so many great fighting games right now there are so many great things going on there's so many organizations that are pumping money into the ftc it's fantastic and it just gets you jaded that these are the things that are latched on to and these are the things that people care about and uh, I don't know. It, uh, what's your guys' opinions on this stuff? Because is it even worth having an opinion, I guess? Or just, it's the one thing that I continue to preach. And I, I, will, I will die on this hill of promote what you love. 100%. If, if you are not promoting what you love and all you're doing is consuming the garbage, what is put out by the FGC, then... I consider that a net negative. That's a huge net negative. Don't signal boost bad things. Signal boost good things. Signal boost people who need it. Like, there's there's so much more. There's so much more out there. I mean, today even is... Uh, what's the, the cool thing on, on Twitter today? What's the thing? Women? Um, I want to get the hashtag right. Right? Uh, it's current searching. That's That always plays well on, on podcasts, right? International Women's Day. International Women's Day. Signal boost that. Combo Queens. Go signal boost Combo Queens. Find out who's affiliated with Combo Queens. Go give them a signal boost. See what they're up to. Like, there's so much good there and so many cool things happening within the FGC. It's like, that's... Like, latch on to that stuff. Like, don't... Don't eat the garbage, folks. Throw it away. All right. I'm, I'm done with this bullshit. Let's move on some some other cool stuff. Uh, for example, oh, fuck, I forgot, I forgot I added this as a cool thing, <laughs> then bad things happened in the comments, uh, don't read the comments on this one, uh, just get into it and take it for what it's worth, but apparently the director of Legend of Korra wanted to make an animated Street Fighter show, uh, that's, that could be in the future, so if you like, if you like Legend of Korra, or like how that show was directed, or if you're just a fan of the animated Street Fighter show, uh, we could get more Street Fighter. This could potentially be a thing. Of course, this is just hearsay. People are just, these are just words that people want to do, and maybe the director's putting his feelers out there to to Capcom and IP owners of, hey, maybe this could be a thing. I'm interested in it. Uh, we'll see, because... <sighs> 
things <laughs> things connected to stri- like the last movie that was made was, was fan fucking tastic. You know, you guys know my opinion on that. Uh, but the old anime series, like people people seem to have some reverence for that. I mean, Chun Li throws a couch at Vega. Sagat holds a shotgun. There's cool stuff. What happens in that show? That's where the yes meme comes from. So just consider this a, a potential pool of memes that we could all know and love and and be part of. Uh, and I hope it does happen because, I don't know, it helps the franchise that I like and and that's cool for me. Maybe people play the fighting games. I like fighting games. What are those? All right. Next topic. All right. So this is, man, I forgot. I really, I, mm, okay. Fuck. I really forgot that I front-loaded this episode with some bullshit. I really, I really stopped doing that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, here's like a bit of sad news, uh, and I got a kind of got a line of it. Uh, but Splice uh, departs from the fighting game community. Uh, Filipino champ and Ryan LV are now free agents, so they're up for grabs for anyone who wants them. Uh, anyone who wants those players, they're they're out there now. Uh, and in addition to Filipino champ and Ryan LV, Punk is also now a free agent from Panda Global. Uh, two, like, three big names in the fighting game community, now free agents. Uh, it makes me wonder who will pick them up. Will it be Team Liquid? Will it be Red Bull? Will it be Team Echo Fox? Because there's, like, kind of a lot of consolidation. Uh, within the FGC in terms of teams and who is playing on them. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where I just don't... Man, when 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 esports companies you know stop funding in the FGC and it's like, mm, I mean this I talked about this last week with Circa going going out after Evo. It's like come around for about three years or so, like maybe not see a return on their investments. Uh, that really hurts the FGC, and that especially hurts the the current setup for the Capcom Pro Tour. Because remember, folks, going to premier events and traveling to premier events is really where you're making the meat of your your CPT points. That's where things. That's where that's where you make your money, right? You you can no longer rely on on your your lower points regional things there's just not enough there to be competitive on the leaderboard so it's it highly benefits these these pro, these pro players who are sponsored and have the funds and the time and the support to get out to these events get out to multiple of these all of them if they can and it, it's one of those things that just makes me nervous that the, that we're going to see a consolidation of names and it's going to be a lot harder for uh, for people to be on the come up and make a splash on the big stage and not just on the small stages that they're currently on. Because um, they, if you have the skill, you deserve it. You deserve to be on the big stage, but it might take a little bit of an extra push to prove that you earn it or, or prove that you deserve it, I should say. I don't know. That's I don't know. This is some of those things that just kind of get me down. But hopefully they get picked up by teams, uh, and hopefully they they get the support that they deserve. And speaking of which, we can start getting excited about things. I brought up Team Liquid earlier. We know who they're sponsoring now. Nemo, this <laughs> is said uh, by the owner here, which just makes me laugh every time he says it. Uh, and I fucked up that pronunciation before. But anyway, <laughs> Nemo and John Takeuchi being sponsored by Team Liquid now, which is awesome. Uh, that's super dope. Uh, very excited about that. However, look at this list here in the in the trailer for, come on, work. Can't scrub to the right time. Look at these faces. There's a lot of faces there. A couple unsponsored players right here. Well, mm, he's not going to be sponsored. I'm pointing, currently pointing to Knuckledoo, who is no longer with Team Liquid. But Punk, Punk's there. Perhaps, uh, perhaps that's uh, something they're looking forward to. In this character select screen of players who they potentially might be thinking about pulling into Team Liquid. 
So Nemo's name comes up and hey, I'm excited for the guy. And it's actually weird to see Ajax and oh, I got to go back again. Uh, so <laughs> the, the weirdest thing to come out of, of Nemo and John Takeuchi being sponsored by Team Liquid is actually seeing Nemo in not a black button up shirt. I, like any time I've ever seen that dude uh, in recent history has been him in his fucking alien wear black button up like looking like he's he's part of the IT he's the geek squad coming at you uh, some kind of he works in IT he just came up from the basement saying oh yeah I'll you're not connected to the email server well alright move over uh, I always got that sense about him but seeing him <laughs> It's, I know it. There's like if you look into the detail and actually see him in real life, it's it's not that way. I jest, of course, uh, but seeing him in a player's jersey uh, is to me he just looks younger in a weird way, uh, and it's it's something that I haven't seen in a long time. That's uh, <laughs> that's the weirdest thing to come out of this. But big congratulations to Nemo and John Takeuchi, who was previous John Takeuchi previously sponsored by. Uh, by Arcapa. So, like, that's that I think is the ideal thing, right? Boost someone's name, get them to big tournament, get them to compete at a high level, embody some some well known players in the FGC, and eventually get them sponsored because they deserve it and they're willing to put the effort in, which is awesome. Uh, like, shout outs to Kappa for that. That's fantastic. Uh, and hopefully. Uh, my hope is that any single one-off player sponsorship goes that way with anyone that they've that they've sponsored or who we've sponsored uh, that's that's the dream and hopefully things can people can get to that big stage and get to more CPT events so that they can compete competitively uh, at the the end of the Capcom Pro tour but I'm I'm the snake eating my own tail at this point I'm, I'll get off that topic and get on to our next topic. Uh, which, if you don't know who Nemo is, maybe you should watch this interview with Nemo. He's a very strong Urian player, very well known for being able to pick up a, a very high damaging combo and mix up off of any situation. That, to me, has been the most impressive thing about Nemo, it, it, specifically with his Urian in Street Fighter V, is that any touch or any mistake made by his opponent, he has most optimal combo ready into V trigger into a mix up and it it's so efficient and cold and killing that it is like that's what makes him so impressive off of straight hits it's like oh just crouching medium punch into everything or anti-air fireball into the biggest damage that he could get for his money or into the best mix up for his money uh I love that about him. Uh, regardless, uh, this is an interview uh, put up by the Blasted Salami, which, all right, that's that's a name. That's certainly a name. Uh, and he talks to you now about all kinds of stuff. And I think that was very well-spoken uh, and has some really good opinions on what it means to be a strong player, uh, competitively and otherwise, uh, and definitely worth checking out. Short the interview is a little bit on the shorter end. It's only five minutes, but there's there's subtitles and all that good stuff. Uh, very quick watch, definitely worthwhile. Now, if you like some Urian stuff, do I have the video for you? A another about five minute video of straight Urian combos. This is why I find Urian to be one of the most interesting characters. If not, Urian's probably the most interesting character to me in. In Street Fighter V, simply because of the combo pass that he can take and the options that he does have that other characters just don't have. Um, granted, most of that is with V Trigger, but still, the his ability to change up his combos and really make things happen is like kind of unique in that way, and I love it. Uh, and and if you want to learn more combos, guess what? You can. Uh, and that's super fun. Uh, I was talking about on the last week's tournament where one particular Urian mix-up is where you get hit by the Aegis, Urian neutral jumps, it pushes you underneath of him, and he comes down with a cross-up off of a neutral jump, and it's some hot shit. We got some of those combos in there. Uh, this is some good stuff, good information if you're a Urian player. 
not even you know the mix-up you're going to put your opponent in until it actually happens. Uh, but this is some really cool stuff, and highly recommend checking that out. Especially if you want to know the mix. I say this often, but if you want to know the mix-ups that might come at you, check it out. Okay, some more tech news. Uh, a really good Monot guide. Uh, everything is pretty much compiled. Uh, talks about all the buttons. Talks about the anti-airs. Talks about the combo paths. Uh, bread and butters, anti-airs, all that good stuff. Uh, and a tight... A pretty tight package, I would say. Uh, pretty much everything you would want to know starting off with Minot, you can find here. Um, and even if you are getting into more stuff like uh, like how you would want to optimize your combos, how you would want to optimize V-Trigger usage, uh, this is the place, at least to start. Uh, a lot of good information here, so if you or someone you know wants to learn Minot, I would link them, uh, I would li link them to this Google Doc. Okay. More stuff, more tech stuff. Sakura. I feel like Sakura doesn't get as much love uh, in Street Fighter V. He's kind of weak. At least that's what a lot of people have been... That's what a lot of people have come to the conclusion of. Uh, however, with that said, uh, she's still capable of, of dealing some damage. Uh, she does have... Maybe not the flashiest of combos, but she does have stuff that might be a little bit tricky. Uh, and setups, but... Anyway, uh, this is a video guide that has annotation, has some slowdown so you can see and understand the timing, input displays. It's got the things that you would want to see in a combo tutorial video instead of a tutorial video. Uh, so very good stuff if you want to learn that character. I would like to see more Sakura in competitive play, personally. I don't know if we're going to see it. Perhaps Alex Myers? Calling your name, man. Uh, perhaps we can see some of your Sakura at a competitive level. I don't know if she's there yet, but here's hoping. Alright. And even more stuff. Oh, Blanca. I can't escape this Blanca. I love Blanca too much in this game. He's so much fun. Because they just committed to the bullshit. He's not... I mean, he's as... There's worse things in Street Fighter V, and actually, I would say he was way more bullshit in, in many other games. He's the least bullshit that he's, he's been, let's say. However, with that said, uh, watching him be played at a high level is actually super fun. Uh, and this is a compilation video uh, of Inaba, a Grandmaster Blanca. So if you want to see what Blanca could look like at a top level, uh, he rolls on some people. And I'm not just talking about Blanca balls. I mean, rolling off perfects, rolling off some tight matches. Uh Highly recommend checking out. Uh, very exciting stuff to watch. And hopefully we get to see some Blanca on the main stages here. I want to see a strong competitive Blanca show up at some events and <laughs> and dunk on some people. Because look at that goddamn costume. It's that goddamn plushy costume. It's It just makes me smile. That's, that's all I can really say about it. Every time I see it, it just... My heart grows. Not in like an unhealthy, I might have heart disease way, but in a, a fun, that's a funny looking Blanca way. Like when I look at my doggy brick. Hey, bud. Don't have puppy cam set up, sorry guys. Alright, next topic. Okay, good news. More tech news. More tech news. For you tech heads out there, people playing on PC, I got you. Don't worry. Frame Trap Tom, we got Frame Trap 5. Latest version is out. Uh, so now it works. Uh, you got all the hitboxes there. You've got got your Blancas. You've got your Sakuras. You've got Ab Abigail's dumb hurtboxes. You can see them all. And if you don't know what that is, uh, it's basically a, a mod that you can download and have run with your game that actively shows you the hitboxes as they're happening live. Like, you typically only want to do this in training mode because there's just a lot of it's a lot of information on stream or on the on the screen that can really it's not ideal to actually play with like a live match, but just to have running in in practice or training if you're trying to test things, it's really good stuff. Uh, and it basically allows you to completely analyze the hitboxes to actually see what's happening. See, like, where your cancel windows are and all that good stuff. Um, and 
I just want to give a big shout out to Framechap Tom because he put a lot of work into this. Uh, this is a huge helpful tool for anyone who wants to really dig into the tech side of stuff. So if you want to, if you want to dig deep, if you want to get there, if you want to find all the weird bullshit, what is in Street Fighter Five? Download Framechap Five. That's you. That's what you want to run. It's good stuff. Trust me. All right. Off of tech now, we can talk about the numbers. We talk about all of the numbers. So this is something that was posted a while ago uh, and has now been updated. It is a player, a, a character popularity list by rank, uh, starting from gold and going all the way up to grandmaster. And you can see here that actually hasn't really changed all that much. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've got some new names in here, but you can see that Bison just riding the top here. That's exactly what we saw last time. Let's get a little zoom in action. Actually, for the people who are watching the video, let's pull this up. Boom. Big old, big, big stuff. So, golds. You see, ah, oh, no, it's kind of cut off. Never mind. We'll put that away. Sorry. Tech talk. Inside baseball. Things been fucked up, man. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, as you can see, right at the top, it makes sense that you would see a lot of reuse in gold, the most, by a pretty wide margin. But then, as you go along, there is a sharp drop at diamond. A sharp, 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 sharp drop. Uh, goes from being one of the highest used characters up until diamond, and then brrr, just tanks. Tanks entirely. And that's not surprising, because the character has a lot less options than his contemporaries in this game it's just even though he might have the proper tools he is lacking a lot of the ability that some other characters have and because of that just he stanks at a higher level uh, another name here that doesn't that actually makes some sense zeku very low usage uh kind of throughout the board uh, and stays down for for quite some time a lot of people have been saying that Zeku's not very good, and I think that the numbers might reflect that, but also it shows that I mean, there's only two Grandmaster Zekus out there. Six Masters, as opposed to the 27 Bison Masters out there, or the 22 Bison Grandmasters. There's just some interesting information that be can be gleaned from this. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense that you see Minot being the lowest used character at a low level of play, and then Spike's very high up uh, at once you hit Master in Grandmaster, because that's a very highly technical character that if you don't know how to use her properly or effectively use her V-Trigger, then she's just going to be ass. She's, she's not going to be good. Um, Akuma riding the top, of course. Guile riding the top those characters I think are easy to use and easy to play as uh, a name that kind of surprises me is that Yurian is so high up on the list in, in earlier ranks I suppose his typical mix-ups are enough to get by I suppose that's just just a guess I, I thought that he was he was trickier to use than that um, just being able to, to pick up and make good damage but like Nemo does but hey maybe maybe it works out uh, regardless even if you you've got a couple in your pocket and they took away some of his damage in, in Season 3. They made some fucking decisions in Season 3 that we can just talk about here right now. Uh, regardless, uh, take a look at this. Uh, maybe if you're in gold and you want to use a character that is you know, more likely to reach Grandmaster, uh, and that would make you feel good about yourself, go ahead, check that out. Uh, however, Put in the effort, because you can make it to Grandmaster with any character, as is evidenced, but there is not a name that has a zero next to their name here in on this list in Grandmaster, so it's possible. Just got to put the effort in. But speaking of Urian, and speaking of some hot, hot bullshit, fuck, man. Okay, let's reel this back. So a while ago, uh, Hatson, Weed, kind of figured out that I mean, they looked into it the most, but a lot of people have been saying this because they 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 saw it and they did the damage testing. But you look at it and you see Urian and you see Ibuki and their V triggers after activation because they get two uses: the V trigger, v -trigger one and uh, Ibuki's V trigger one, the bomb and the Aegis reflector. They get two uses, and they noticed when they use it a second time. There's extra scaling, as if it was the first time. 
because now they added in the the extra scaling to V trigger. People are like, well, wait a minute. We shouldn't be getting extra scaling on this because it's not an activation. It's just a usage of the V trigger. Other characters don't have this. You look at uh, like Abigail's V trigger too, or any number of or Zangief, for example. V trigger one doesn't scale the damage when you press that hard punch hard kick, but specifically for Yurian and Ibuki, they get a damage nerf. And people were like, well, obviously this is a bug. This cannot be intentional. To which Capcom said nay, in fact. And here's the full statement. Uh, in regards to Yurian's Aegis Reflector, the second mirror, and Ibuki's V-Trigger 1. I'm going to try and pronounce that on, on, on mic. The second bomb. Uh, we have received feedback from the community that when these moves are used in combos, the damage scaling is higher than usual. We would like to take this opportunity to inform that this was intentional design decision. And the reasons for our decision are as follows. Point one. When a combo scaling when the combo scaling applied uh, will be one hit, same as a, one attacking hit. If Yurian's Aegis Reflector, the second mirror or Ibuki's bomb uh, hit as the first hit of a combo, the combo scaling value was not applied. Obvious, because that's just how comp moves work. When the combo scaling applied to the when the combo scaling applied will be two hits. If Yurian's oh god, this is just so poorly written. Even this response is so poorly written. It is very frustrating to read this out loud in front of a microphone when just the fucking verbiage is god awful and trash. Sh frustrates me, man. If the bomb or the reflector hit while the opponent is in stun, hit stun, the combo scaling will be applied. Double double the scaling. The reason for the adjustment, both Yurian's Aegis Reflector and the bomb are extremely versatile moves. Okay, that's true. Which set up many high-low cross-up sit situations. They even use 50-50 in a not... Fuck, man. It's not a true 50 Anyway. That can effectively mix up the opponent. As a result... We decided to give extra combo scaling when used within a combo. Think about that for like even that sentence doesn't make sense. There, there's there. Fuck, man. The reason is that the bomb can be used to set up a mix-up, so the scaling of the bomb itself should apply less. Wouldn't it make more sense that because these do big damage, it should scale more? If the bomb itself sets up the big damage, then what the fuck does it matter? Or I should say, if the bomb itself or the Aegis Reflector itself sets up the opportunity for more damage, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I just... Ugh, this really frustrates me. Especially, especially because whenever those moves are done in block strings, they're hella minus and punishable on block. If they just throw it out there, activate again, press a button. I mean... There are situations where, like, uh, I think, for example, EX Tackle into the second Aegis is, like, minus 12. You can fit your, your beefiest shit in there. You can fit a whole Manwich in there and deal some damage to Yurian. It's just, it's nonsense to me. It is as if they, it is as if they don't understand the game that they made. And I don't want to just... I'm not throwing that out there lightly of like, ah, oh, the game devs don't know what the fuck they're talking about. We know as a community what's right. Make the game broken the way that we like to be broken. And in this particular instance, it's just like, man, I don't know if we're playing the same game or like you're following, following the data or following the characters the same way that anyone else is. Like, what are you seeing where this is intentional? I just don't get it. This one hurts me. I don't know why. It's very frustrating. Well, that's, that's enough frustration. I've made a frustrating sandwich this episode. Talking about some frustrating stuff up top and then talking about some cool stuff in the middle and back to this goddamn frustration. This just makes me... And that's probably... that's Trust me. Fr me being frustrated, I'm sure, is easy listening for you listeners out there. <laughs> but let's end on a, on a much better note. Sven blind gamer uh this is a interview this is an interview uh, with sven uh and you got to turn on if you don't speak the native language 
turn on captions uh, to get uh, the, the translations here. Uh, I've talked about uh, blind fighting game players in the past on the show. I think they might have been Joint Thrones, regardless. Uh, and the excel the accessibility issues with Street Fighter Five, and that is what's talked about here. Uh, if you are listening to this show and are and happen, hmm. I I'm going to redact the sentence I was just about to say. I was going to say listen to this interview, but then I realized there's no actual audio translation. It's it's all closed captioning, so that actually doesn't help. I'm sorry. I wonder if there's a, a transcription of this somewhere. I should look for that, because that would make sense. That would be very frustrating if not. There might be on their website at uh, HE Visuals. Uh, regardless, uh, this is a very good interview which talks about accessibility in fighting games um, and talks about your, or at least digs into the troubles that someone might have and the the issues that a blind person might have playing Street Fighter V. Uh, interesting stuff and interesting to see his or listen to his perspective. Alright, on to other cool stuff. Alex Myers, Fan Subscriber Appreciation Day. Uh, this is actually something really cool that he ha he did and has been doing for his subscribers. He's actually been on a really big push for this of, of basically taking the videos of of his subscribers and people who uh, want some some feedback and breaking down exactly what they're doing wrong and what they could be doing better what they should be looking for uh, and he's actually really good at it I think because uh, you can be really bad at this this could be something that you just say oh you dropped your combo that's something that I see a lot like oh don't drop your combos where that's not that's not really the problem the problem is that they don't know how to start the combo or they they use the wrong combo or they open themselves up to be hit or didn't do the proper follow-up or left off okie there's the whole slew of things or pressed a button from the wrong space like that's a huge issue people will press buttons from nilly willy spaces all the time in this video game it's crazy how often it happens and this game kind of promotes you doing that but that's kind of besides the point regardless uh huge issue and he kind of digs into this very character specific stuff and it's it's a good watch for kind of anyone uh, who would be in that position or in that level of player uh and also a good to watch for people who are in the position of being able to train people or want to get an idea of what it's like to be an effective coach um definitely worth checking out and i look forward to alex meyer stuff in the future okay that does it for for topics of the week for the main show we've got two more segments segments folks quickly becoming people's favorite segment and quickly becoming my least favorite segment ship post of the week that's right folks we've got the ship post of the week coming right up i should have a an audio cue for ship post of the week is there a particular like shitty audio cue i can use from street fighter any history of street fighter that what would indicate a ship post is coming your way. Anyway, regardless, Glorious Geef Nation by Deadpool's Bay. Uh, a little short story uh, written up for the Geef Nation. Uh, a very high quality ship post, I would say. And of course I'm biased. Of course I am. Uh, a day in the life of a Geef. The Geef Nation. That's right. Uh, highly recommend reading this if you like some bullshit. Uh, it's kind of funny stuff. There, this one got a laugh out of me, so I'll I'll say that. That's kind of the, the been the that's been the indicator of whether or not it's going to be the shit post of the week. If it actually gets chuckle out of me, because there's a whole lot of bullshit where it's like, eh, all right, I, I see the entertainment value in this. I'm gonna downvote it, but you go ahead. I'll filter out the fluff because I'm gonna fuck. I only turn on fluff when I try to search shit post of the week, to be honest. That's what I recommend most people do, anyways. Alright, that's shit post of the week. Now on to some cool stuff. FGC history. Oh my gosh, folks. This match. I've been kind of waiting to to do this one. Uh, I have a couple in my back pocket that I, that I really want to talk about, but this one in particular, one of my favorite matches. Uh, 
in recent history. 2014, Daigo versus John Choi. Daigo, when he had switched to Evil Ryu, uh, this was the year that he was going to go in and, and try hard with the top tier. Switch off from Ryu and go deep into Evil Ryu. Now, this was his first Evo as Evil Ryu, I believe, as well. Uh, ran into John Choi in the bracket. This is just pools. Uh, you can see from, from the archive footage here, this is shaky cam. This isn't like high-quality on-stream stuff. This was just... This was off-stream, uh, where Daigo gets sent to loser's bracket, uh, historically. Uh, hella good spacing. This is perhaps the best example of high-level immaculate f spacing and application of the fireball war i think john Choi does such a good job in terms of when he chooses to throw fireballs the space at which he chooses to throw fireballs when to throw an ex fireball when to faint when to throw false buttons when to fake them out when to jump there's some solid jumps here there are not flashy combos in this in this match whatsoever. This is not a flashy combo, but it is gripping 100% of the time. The spacing, the patience, the the walking forward. That's the thing. It's that in this particular matchup, if you're not familiar with Street Fighter 4, uh, Evil Ryu has, it out, he outranges Ryu by a pretty sizable amount. His crouching medium kick outranges Ryu's crouching medium kick free. Uh, and because of that, Ryu has to play outside of the effective range of of his own buttons. Uh, just his most useful tool, outranged by Evil Ryu's most useful tool. And their buttons otherwise are very similar. Uh, and their abilities in the neutral are very similar. However, with that said, Ryu's fireball, a little bit better. I would say that EX fireball, a little bit more pushback on block. Knocks down on hit regain space that's really where john Choi makes up a lot of his space because you'll see him walk back a lot of a lot of this set he's he's slowly inching backwards fighting for every bit of of the screen then he hits that ex fireball gets that pushback or gets that knockdown regains it again not a lot of time is spent in the corner in this set uh it's a beautiful thing so if you want to learn a thing or two about the fireball war you want to learn a thing or two about spacing in fighting games uh, or classic Street Fighter, uh, this is a match to watch. A lot of people go to uh, Alex Valle versus Daigo the first time they meet uh, in tournament Ryu versus Ryu. A lot of people say that's the one you want to look to because that's like early Street Fighter 4. This is classic footsies, everybody. And it is. They're not wrong. That's a fantastic match, which we will talk about on the show at some point, I assure you. However, I think I rank this particular match higher because it is it is the reduction of the spacing. And Daigo even has a better tool than John Choi. That's the thing, is that Daigo's tools are technically better, are much better, in fact. And by the end of it, John just... It's kind of a trouncing, honestly. It, like, you can see that... You can see the mental game that is going on the mental game that is playing where it, it's one of those things where even daigo will will drop combos or not anti-air because so f they're both so focused on the ground game and fighting for that space as one of those things you think well i saw i saw the john Choi jump why did it work and it's because they're both putting so much mental effort and so much of their mental capacity is going towards standing on the ground fighting for that space when to throw a fireball when to risk it that thinking about anti-airing is 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 on the lower register of things that you find important in that set because they both have a great deal of respect for each other uh, in this set and is shown by how it plays out there's like I don't know, maybe four jump forwards in this entire set. A lot of neutral jumps. Neutral jumps are fine over fireballs because of what it affords you. You even see, ah, oh man, that's the thing. Like, what happens when each character neutral jumps? Uh, John Choi jumps over a neutral, uh, over, neutral jumps over a fireball. You see Daigo trying to gain that space, enter that, that dangerous range. Whereas Daigo neutral jumps a fireball. John stays at that, at that backed off space. He doesn't need to advance, doesn't want to advance because, again... Ryu outranges him. Evil Ryu outranges him. Anyway, folks, it is a beautiful match, and I could watch this 
kind of any day of the week. If you if someone were just to link me this at any at any day, it's only six and a half minutes long. Fuck, man, I'll watch it. It's beautiful, and there's so much to learn and so much to to think about in terms of spacing and projectile management and when to throw a projectile, when to effectively like an effective use of meter too. That's the other thing. Fuck, this match is so good. Uh, <laughs> because you see the way that John spends meter. He's he's not spending on an FADC combos. He's not. He basically only spends meter on EX Fireball to regain positioning and regain that space, get a little bit of extra damage. That The extra damage of an EX Fireball in this particular matchup adds up because of evil reuse low health. And it somewhat forces Daigo to think, maybe I should throw an EX Fireball in the neutral just to combat that and be competitive in the fireball war where what he actually wants to do is spend it on big damaging combos because any conversion off of a crouching medium kick uh, for evil to you and a fireball into an fadc combo could be devastating he had some some really damaging combos that dealt most of your health bar uh and i cannot recommend watching this enough and just paying attention to a new detail every time it is so entertaining to watch and with that folks Hopefully this podcast has been entertaining to listen to because uh, that's a show. That's a wrap, folks. That's it. We'll catch you guys next week. Again, I'm Joe Monday. You can find me at Super Joe Monday or at Reddit SF, SF on Twitter. Reddit SF is the main Twitter account for the sub. Uh, please post any kind of comments or concerns, whatever you got going on. I know I kind of talked about a lot today that may or may not be controversial at the, the top of the sub. Maybe if I should hate something that I don't hate yet. Let me know about it. If I got to eat more garbage, you tell me. Uh, again, uh, write in those reviews and that any review written during this time uh, on on iTunes, uh, I'll put extra money toward an extra dollar towards the sponsorship fund, which is actually not towards Chris CCH anymore because that's fully funded. It's some unknown player of your guys' choosing. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, but again, that will go on through this entire month. Uh, and look... Again, I'll link again to that sponsorship drive. Uh, get those names in now. We'll run some voting here uh, in a little bit to to really nail down who we're going to send out to Combo Breaker. And then after that, got to get the hype machine going. Got to run a second generator. Anyway, fuck, guys. That's a show. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of RSF Radio. Until next time, folks. Take care.